We move outside our comfort zone and seek new experiences to grow. We find adventure in the epic and the everyday. We travel to broaden our horizons and engage with nature. We are most at home in remote landscapes and faraway places, but never far from our community of passionate dreamers and wanderers. We are Chaconians. Join the Chacosphere at Chacos.com. Where will your Chacos go? This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries, a duct tape than beer production, with additional support from New Belgium Brewing, Kuat Racks, and Patagonia. People were watching me. It was two days before Christmas. Everyone was inbound or outbound to somewhere for the holidays. Normally, I'm not one to draw attention to myself, but this was unavoidable. Just a few more push-ups, and I could move on to my sit-ups. I'd follow that with some stretching. Yeah, I was the weird guy exercising in the corner of the airport while people waited impatiently for planes that had yet to land. Three months earlier, I'd made a commitment to myself. I would do some form of physical activity every day for an entire year. And I wasn't going to let a full day of airports stop me. I had the idea somewhere in Minnesota's boundary waters. Beck has this theory that if we ever want a really incredible opportunity to come up for us in our professional lives, all we need to do is schedule a wilderness trip. And... Then some big project will be greenlighted days before we leave. This trip to Minnesota was no different. I knew that when I returned home, I would have months of long days and nights in front of me. Thousands of emails. These are the regrettable byproducts of seeing dreams realized. Our new clients had trouble wrapping their heads around the fact that cell phones usually don't work in the wilderness. They subtly suggested we pull the plug and focus on the work at hand. Instead, we slid a rental canoe into the tannin-stained waters filled it with nine days of food, camping gear, and a sparse selection of trucks and books. There were plenty of fruit chew snacks to keep our 20-month-old son Tep entertained when the scenery wouldn't suffice. We spent the week yelling like pirates, howling, ARG into the wind. Tep parroted the lonely call of loons. That calm, intentional focus that wilderness provides fell over us almost instantly. One afternoon, Tep and I sat on a rock outcropping dropping rocks into the water. He'd watch them sink and disappear into the black gloom. More, more, he said completely entranced by the simple action. I'd walk back to the patch of gravel, come back with a handful of stones. We'd throw them. Watch. More, more. It's the kind of moment that can be both wonderful and boring at the same time. Parenthood is filled with these kinds of quiet moments. After 40 minutes, which felt like forever, I felt my mind begin to wander, to think about dinner, or how it would be nice to just sit still, or won't it be nice when Tep can play by himself. Then a thought snapped into my head. If you blink, this will all be gone. Just like that. This, the moment that is in front of you right now, right while you listen to these words, is the main event. 
It's not a one day or a back when I was young and had no responsibility kind of thing. It's happening right now, all the time. The grass is green right here, right now, but we have to water it. I find this serenity so easily in wilderness. In the day-to-day -day tangle of life, it's easy to let go of the things that provide that focus, calm, and perspective. So how do we carry that home? And so I thought, sitting there in the Boundary Waters, could I do something every day that provides some semblance of calm? Maybe meditation? Yoga? Why not some form of exercise every day for 365 days? That wasn't a giant leap. I like exercising. I don't have a problem hauling my tired ass out of bed for powder days, but sometimes when it's dark, pouring rain, and I've worked for 10 hours, I can get lazy. Yet, I never regret exercising. I always feel better. I always feel more calm. I would have to clear space in my life to make it work. Remove the bullshit. Or at least some parts of it. Stop answering those end-of-day phone calls. Get up earlier. Make room for the things that make me feel good. For the quiet things. The goal would be a means to an end rather than a shapeless, ill-defined New Year's resolution about being more present. Plus, I have a bit of a competitive streak, so I love tests of will. My parameters? Well, let's put it this way. They were not super rigorous. I'm not talking about making the Olympics here. I'm talking about happiness and balance. I'm talking about setting a bizarre structured goal so that for a few minutes during my day, I could have some space, some time to let my mind breathe, and my body revel, and my soul to hopefully wander just a little bit. So the parameters for what counted, the best I can explain it is this. You know that moment in a workout when the reptile part of your brain awakens and rolls out of bed like it's trying to sleep and it says, hey, what's all this commotion? Cut out all the huffing and puffing and mouth breathing. I'm trying to sleep. In other words, it's that moment in every workout where we say, I would like to stop now, or this would be fine and dandy if my lungs and legs weren't burning, but we keep pushing past that moment. Maybe it's just for five minutes, maybe for one minute, on really good days, it can be for hours. I had some epic mountain bike rides and brilliant days of climbing, a bunch of truly phenomenal lifetime days of powder riding, and more days in the wilderness with Tep and Becca. Before you formulate some Greek god heroic image of a man running through rain and snow long after the sun had set, check yourself. That happened, well, sometimes, but not that often. Actually, not most of the time. I had some really bad workouts. A few rounds of slightly intoxicated push-ups after a full day of travel and business dinner. Sit-ups after big meals are no fun. If I have to get up before the sun, I struggle to outrun glaciers. I counted my bike commute, keeping loose track of my times home a kind of like slacker Strava. Whatever I did, I found that spot where the thought of quitting popped into my head and I moved past it. Mostly, I just made a real effort to consider the hours in the day and take advantage of them, even when the current situation conspired against me. I came pretty darn close to hitting the goal. There were two days where I was really, really sick with a stomach bug and the thought of exercising did not even pop into my mind. And two other days, I just forgot. But those days I got lost in conversation with the people closest to me and it just escaped me. And I wasn't bummed because that was the point. 
I'm not some yogi or self-help guru. I feel uncomfortable using a word like mindfulness when I write. I didn't have a grand epiphany, just a middle-aged guy trying to hold on to the qualities of life that are important to him. But I'd say this, pay attention to the quiet things, because joy is often quiet. Early morning on forest trails, warm cups of tea on snowy summits, driving with the window down listening to hip-hop at full blast, as loud as that is, it can be a quiet thing. Raucous laughter is a quiet thing. And so was that moment with Tep tossing rocks into the black water of northern Minnesota. These quiet things, I believe that they are the most important. I instinctually know that, even if I don't always behave that way. I have not learned to control the animal urge to twist my neck towards the metaphorical bang, scream, yell, shriek of a failing server, an urgent phone call, or the next little stupid ding of an email. I listen because it feels like I have to. Inconsequential things make noise because if they weren't loud, we would never pay them any mind. We just want to make the sound stop, so we go out of our way, alter our course, unintentionally change our lives to do so, and this, I believe, is the travesty of our high-tech, high-stress, uber-connected modern world. For me, the simple act of moving can be enough to turn down the volume on these distractions. The noise will never go away, but it's our job to treat it for what it's worth. Whether you were just starting your love affair with the outdoor world, or juggling a career with a family, or a grain dirtbag, our job is to throw more stones, look at more maps, dream up more trips filled with friendship, laughter, and memories. Or, if you're like me, try to exercise 365 days a year. Fill some part of your day with the things that make you happy, whatever they may be. Turn down the noise and crank up the volume on the parts of life that we care the most about. Because when you really listen, when you strain your ears, you will find that the quiet things have the most to say. I'm Fitzcahal, and this is my short. Music today by Stillborn Identity, Salmo, and Unquiet Nights. The tracks come from Mevio's Music Alley and Free Music Archive. Additional music by our talented friend Amy Stolzenbach. You can find the links to the artists on our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Thanks to every listener who supported the diaries. Whether it's a donation, a t-shirt purchase, a story submission, or a note of thanks, you keep the diaries thriving. If you want to pledge your support, you can find the link on the upper right-hand corner of our website. Support for the shorts comes from Chaco who now have new colors for a new year. Visit them online to learn about the 120 ways you can customize your new sandals, or follow them on Twitter at ChacoUSA. Support for the Diaries comes from the good people at Patagonia. Watch Tommy Caldwell climbing Pitch 15 on the historic ascent of Donwall at Patagonia.com. Additional support comes from New Belgium Brewing, and from Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. This episode of The Shorts was produced by Becca Call, Jen Altschul, and me, Fitz Cahal. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Diaries.